0: Hi, and welcome to Reloscope, the Relationship Science Insights podcast produced by LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. We are champions of life management science, providing structured insights, informed by science and inspired by practice on key aspects of conscious living. Each week, we bring you scientific and practical insights on each element with the expert knowledge of professionals in the field. I'm Marie Stella, your host from Melbourne, Australia. Let's start the show. Welcome back to the show and a very Merry Christmas to everyone out there. In this special episode, we'll be discussing the emotional complexities of multiracial love during this festive season, the cultural differences, the familial obligations, and so much more. And to guide us through this conversation is Professor Claudine Meyer, who has had extensive experience as a mediator and conflict counsellor, where her clients are internationally active, have immigrated, live and work as expats, or have multicultural backgrounds. Hi, Claude. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Hi Marie, thanks very much for the invite. So I'm really curious to know, in your line of work, what's the most common concern your clients come to you with during the festive season?
1: Oh, you know, my clients come from multicultural backgrounds and um, often when they come to me, they've got concerns about the relationship, they've got conflict within the relationship, or at least one of them experiences some tensions or struggles. So then they are actually looking for someone from the outside to have an external view on the relationship and yeah, they want to find out how they can improve the relationship.
0: That's great to know and it's a great introduction to our topic today. But before we get further into detail, we'd like to get to know you better. This is Have You Met Claude. What do you like to do in your spare time?
1: Oh, usually I like to do a lot of sports. I like traveling. I like reading a lot.
0: Um Everything that's fun in nature, I really like doing. There's something about nature that really does give you like some sense of serenity and you can't really get at home. Um, So I do resonate with that. Um, So what kind of books do you like to read? Um, I
1: like to read really existential books which go um, about the topic of life and death, actually. and. one of my favorite authors is Albert Camus. He's a French philosopher and he's written a lot of books um, about these kind of topics of absurdity of life, what is life all about. And I think we actually um, talk about this when we talk about relationships as well. So yeah, this is one of my favorite ones. Mm -hmm.
0: The topic of philosophy is just so interesting because there's so many different Um, perspectives and everything kind of ties into the way we live and whether or not you realize it you probably do subscribe to one on another philosopher um, and their ideas so it's always really interesting to read about and to intellectualize things Um, so what about films are there any that you like to watch or is there a specific genre that you like Um, I like to watch really light films, which are a little bit,
1: you know, funny, a little bit uh, comedian, maybe. And um, thinking in the line of my um, work, I actually liked uh, War of Roses. I'm not sure if you heard about the film, but it's an old movie and it's about a relationship and how it works out or doesn't work out and how people try to get along.
0: The light and funny films sound like they do offset the more like heavy reading that you do. So that's really nice. Um, Is there a podcast that you listen to? Yeah, I'm part of
1: an organization, the um, IAIR. It's the Intercultural Academy of Intercultural Research. And they usually do podcasts from their members about intercultural topics, about uh, relationships, how to get along and Um, especially in intercultural contexts and from different countries and this is really what I like to listen to just to learn a little bit uh, more about countries I haven't been to or cultures I don't know and languages.
0: Mm -hmm. It's always very interesting getting an outside perspective on these things and things that you don't really experience for yourself. Um, But... Now I'm curious to know, is there someone that you look up to in life, be it like a celebrity or a family member of sorts?
1: Um, somebody I look up to. Um, I would say I really look up to people who can be very creative and who come from maybe difficult or challenging backgrounds who made it up to the top. So, um, yeah, there are several. For example... I uh, have looked a lot into woman leader, Graca Machel, for example, the third wife of Nelson Mandela. I think she's really do- doing a great job um, trying to educate people across the continent in different African countries. So she's one um, woman role model I really have. But otherwise I like people like Karl Lagerfeld, um, the fashion designer. So. Um, who really made it to the top and, uh, yeah, different people in different genres.
0: Yeah, um, I've read a bit about Carl's life and I have one of his books, I think. And it's just really fascinating. Um, and I might not completely agree with the the way he led, for example, but it is like nevertheless very um inspiring, um, the way he did things and his resilience in life a little bit. Um, Thank you so much for answering my questions. I feel like we got to know you a little bit. And now we're moving on to the interview section. So the first question that we like to ask our guests, as it does vary depending on um, people and their opinions. What is a relationship? How would you describe a relationship?
1: Um, A relationship between people is very much about how people connect and um, it's a state of being connected. It's a state of relating to each other and it can either be through interaction or it can also be through um, marriage, for example, or blood relationships. So we have got different kind of relationships we are looking at usually. And often when we talk about love relationships, we talk about relationships where people just connect to each other without being you know, um, related through blood relationships before.
0: And in your opinion, do you think that relationships, especially romantic ones, still hold the same meaning, structure and importance as decades ago?
1: Um, No, I think relationships have changed and always change over time. But also with regard to the context you are in, there are different definitions what a relationship is, especially a romantic relationship. Then we've got a lot of research, for example, that shows that in some cultures, there might not even be um, ways of r- romantic relationships. There's always a discussion about is a romantic relationship actually a Western concept or is it uh, really a universal concept we are looking at? So relationships um, change and according to the times you're living in, according to the context and situations you are in, relationships Change and also romantic relationships and how they are being conducted, how people feel in these relationships, how they act, what kind
0: of symbols and rituals they use. So they do change. Absolutely. And how would you define multiracial love? Um, Multiracial love is love between people
1: of different racial um, belongings or groups. And um, often we differentiate between multiracial or even multicultural because the multicultural love relationships are a little bit more about the cultural background, where people are coming from, what kind of values they've got, um, what uh, subgroups or groups within society they belong to. So, yeah, it's all about the group belonging when we talk about multiracial or multicultural groups.
0: So in that context, um, how do the unique circumstances of multiracial couples affect the experiences they might undertake together in a relationship?
1: Yeah, that's a good question because it can be really multifaceted. Um, When we look at multicultural or multiracial relationships, often um, people have got different value sets they've been born in, they've uh, acquired during their life and growing up and um, within their cultural groups they are at or in. Um, so they have different pri- priorities in their life and um, they have learned to be accustomed to different kind of rituals within their life, how they go about life, what they think about life, what are their priorities, but also what symbols they they use in life, what makes the meaning actually of their life. I believe that meaning in life and how you construct it is very much connected to culture. And that is often a topic that comes up within relationships, because when we live together in multicultural relationships, we do a lot of things together during the day. And it starts with getting up in the morning. How do you get up? When do you get up? What do you think? What do you do? What do you eat? Um, And uh, these are aspects that have to be renegotiated when you live together coming from different cultural backgrounds.
0: And it probably also means that the way they they were brought up and therefore their inherent um, goals or their inherent core values in life are going to be very different. And there probably needs to be some kind of communication there but what are some of the common challenges that you see in multiracial couples um, when celebrating the festive season together?
1: OK, when it comes to the festive season, it actually starts uh, with the term we are using for the festive season. <laughs> some people call it Christmas. Some people do not. Um, some celebrate Christmas, some do not. So um, it's actually coming down to the basics. How do we talk about what we are celebrating? Uh, which terms do we use? Uh, What uh, language do we use? And then all the rituals that are going along with it. What do you do on a festive season day? Um, And there are are often a lot of discourses about that. Um, Do we invite family members on a festive season day? Do we want to spend it as a couple or just with our own children? I mean, these are common topics that we have to renegotiate. And Often uh, what couples are doing is, for example, when it comes to Christmas and both are celebrating Christmas that um, the first Christmas day they are going to the one family, the second Christmas day to the next. And often they have to renegotiate how they behave, what they say, whom they interact with, how they interact with, um, do they give out presents or not, all of these little aspects that go with, for example, Christmas
0: yeah absolutely and I find that um a lot of this renegotiating negotiating negotiating and renegotiating can be really really tiring so what advice do you have for those who want to have that open and constructive conversation um about their expectations for their partner for the celebration um is there a way they can go about this in, in a constructive manner
1: Absolutely. I think what you're saying is very right. If we have to negotiate and renegotiate what we are actually used to from our childhood onwards, it can be very stressful and it can be tiring. And um, to go about it, I think the most important is when you are, for example, meeting a new partner or um, that you are talking about these aspects in your life that are important, the core values and how you like uh, things to be done so in a very uh, relaxing kind of way and just talking about it so that you go get to know each other and i think that is a very common problem in uh, new relationships that people are together they are quite happy and they don't start communicating in depth and just talking and narrating about how they grew up what is important in terms of rituals what is important about christmas um, what do they associate with christmas and if you actually start from the beginning to talk about these kind of you know, um, things which are normal to you but might not be normal to the other, then it can really help a lot. In a lot of cultures, um, people also go through a kind of counseling or consultancy either through family members or external consultants or cons- uh, counselors. And that can also really help to sit with somebody outside of the couple relationship and just talk about what is important to you.
0: So what you said about um, talking to someone externally, whether it's it's a counsellor or a family member or something like that. How do we bring that idea up to our partner? That depends a little bit on the cultural
1: backgrounds you are coming from, but you could either say, wow, don't you think it's a good idea? We meet up with some other people and just have a good time together, you know, and then you bring in the topics you can talk about. So either from your own cultural backgrounds, people you are meeting or from other cultural backgrounds. And then I think it gets very clear what is part of your identity and what is part of your group's identity, what is part of your personality, um, and just have to, you know, have normal talks with other people and say what you think and how you experience situations so that your partner can get to
0: know you even more and your views on,
1: for example, Christmas.
0: So apart from that, what can couples do to create a sense of belonging and inclusion for their partner when celebrating Christmas or the festive season um, in a way that honors both their heritage? I think it's very important, first of all, the basic
1: attitude within the relationship that both are really open to open up their own background and um, yeah, to to being open to get to know something that is maybe different to their own background and I think that is the most important issue and we can see in relationships that often in the beginning, people are quite open to do that. And with time passing by, people are not that open anymore because they feel, oh, wow, that's really getting to my core of my identity. And that can be really, um, exhausting maybe to revisit your own identity. Um, so I think it's important to be very conscious about what is happening within yourself. Um, when you start experiencing that it's getting stressful to look at your own identity. So being always conscious and having a positive attitude, an open attitude and keeping this up. So that is the basic and the fundamental um, to move on in intercultural uh, or multiracial relationships. And um, on this kind of attitude that is positive and constructive, Um, I think communication is very important, so then people um, can talk to each other, communicate with each other, but also consciously go into situations. Really, um, when you're visiting the other person's family, um, ask questions before. What do I have to expect? What um, do your parents or what do your family members like? What um, topics can we talk about? What are maybe taboo topics, which I shouldn't talk about? get some more information. But what you could also do is connect with people from the cultural background of your partner and ask people from outside your partner's family um, what is common, what is also common in the certain subgroups of your culture. I believe that is very important to get a diverse view on the cultural background.
0: That makes a lot of sense. And it does sound like this obviously can be applied to other festive seasons that aren't necessarily Christmas there are plenty of other festive seasons depending on what cultural background you're from for example um, I'd celebrate Lunar New Year um, which not all Asians celebrate but Lunar New Year is really important to me and it's considered a festive season for me Um, so that can be applied there and so on and so forth Um, so with that in mind are there any cultural sensitivity or awareness exercises that couples can do beforehand to get a better understanding of each other's holiday traditions, apart from the um asking questions? Yes, you know, what I believe is that um, there are different
1: kind of exercises. You could really um, just sit together and meditate, for example, about um, your festive season and how you want to go about it. Um, you could do exercises just um, to go out and explore other kind of cultures which are outside of yourself and talk about these kind of um, cultures. And for example, the Lunar Festival, um, which you might not know about. And um, you can look at other um, cultural and religious um rituals um, and talk about them just to get a better understanding of your partner within your romantic relationship. So I believe that is mainly important, not just to focus on to your own cultures, but also go out into the world um, and look at other cultural aspects, which both of you don't know about, to create your own culture, uh, how to go about the different relationship um, uh, aspects um, with regard to the festive seasons you want to celebrate together.
0: So creating a third culture, in
1: another word.
0: Yeah, and that can be really fun too. I personally like to do this thing I like to call cultural exchange lessons, which aren't as boring as they sound. They aren't like, okay, let's go on an excursion, but like I'll put on a YouTube video or something like that, which can explain my culture a lot better than I can. Or I'll like put on some kind of movie about that festive season um, which gives a window into the world of it um and then and then my partner will get me to eat wheat bakes which is like an australian uh, cereal that has apparently great great depth of flavor um but not everyone agrees anyway <laughs> uh from your perspective how important is it for couples to establish their holiday traditions um that incorporate both partners' cultural backgrounds. It
1: depends a little bit. Um, let's say we are in a relationship where everything works well, um, but often in it, a very typical um, challenge within these multiracial relationships is that the parents are critical about the partner of of the son or the daughter, and. Um, If this is the case, I think it's very important to try and really establish um, good relationships with the family, also going into the festive season and um, making them part of the couple's uh, relationship as well. It depends a little bit which culture you're coming from. Um, For example, originally I'm German, uh, of German origin, but I've been living in uh, South Africa for over 25 years. And um, so the cultures are very different Uh, from my German background. It is not that important to really visit family and family relationships. It can be important uh, depending on the family, but it's not as important as in a kind of collectivist culture where the family is more part of the couple relationship. And so it depends a little bit which cultures you're coming from, but. I believe it's actually important to include the parents and the broader family members uh, within these festive season and also maybe at Christmas if you celebrate it. But um, sometimes I also believe, especially when there is conflict uh, with the family of origin, it's good when the intercultural couple goes maybe out of these relationships for a while and celebrates their um, festive seasons in a different culture maybe or in a different place or just for themselves. So it really depends on how the relationships are constructed and
0: how people feel about each other within the extended family. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And on that note, I imagine it would be really helpful to like give or get a brief of sorts of like how the family interacts and what they expect of the partner and what what they look out for in a partner, at least. So the partner knows how to, obviously, and obviously it's important to um, be genuine and authentic, but it's also important to know what the customs are and in not letting your partner know beforehand what the customs are and like just giving them a little heads up you be doing yourself a little bit of a disservice and I feel like the words I'm using are very harsh right now but um that's the best way I can describe it it's kind of like you've got to prep your partner a little bit so your family will not be so like against that or like be upset because I like you know families or parents of different backgrounds will expect different things and your partner isn't necessarily going to know that. In some cultures, a certain act or certain types of behavior would not be tolerated or would be expected and the partner's got to know um, these things instead of like going in blind because that's just not going to help. So um, with that in mind, how does mental health intersect with this kind of cultural diversity how could it possibly like impact the emotional dynamics of the multiracial couple yeah mental health is
1: very important when it comes to relationships because the more healthy you feel the better usually the relationship and um If you've got a well-established mental health and a very strong personality and you bounce back easily after a conflict, for example, or a difficult situation, the better the mental health of the couple usually. And when people get stressed out because they have to look at their own identity and they are unsecure and unsure about their own identity, then it becomes very stressful because especially when you are in intercultural, multiracial relationships, you always have to renegotiate yourself. So if you are unsure about yourself, usually your mental health um, gets impacted by and then you feel more stressed and uh, it's a, a kind of circle um, and your mental health is going down. So it's always very important to reflect upon yourself as a practice um, and look into not only your Um, thoughts about the relationship and about yourself, about your own culture and identity, but also your emotions, because we are usually emotion driven beings, so the emotions are the most important aspects that drive us when we are in our relationships and when we're living with other people. So to be aware of your emotions is very important. And to communicate your emotions. If you're feeling stressed um, for half a year in a relationship and you suddenly leave the relationship, um, you can't do anything about it anymore. So from the very first start, when you try, I mean, when you're getting a feeling of discomfort or stress, then look at the relationship, look at your own feelings and where they really come from. What are the initial situations within your relationship making you feel that way and communicate it with your partner? And also maybe if you've got children with your children, um, uh, the more children you've got, the more complex it will get, but um, look at the emotions, talk about the emotions and try to find words for them in multicultural relationships. To talk about emotions is usually a challenge because we use different words for emotions and it's very um, (laughs) challenging to understand what are actually the emotions because they are cultural constructs. So um, being empathetic with the emotions of the other in the relationship is also extremely important.
0: That's great advice. And to simplify things a little bit, um, what are some of the key principles of cross-cultural psychology that could help individuals in multiracial um, relationships understand their emotional complexities a bit better? So, um, especially in cross-cultural rela-
1: relationships, be aware of your own emotions and um, be aware of the other person's emotions. If you are trying to read facial expressions, for example, w- which express emotions, um, Don't hesitate to ask, oh, when I see you are looking at me in this kind of way, what does it mean? Ask open questions. Really um, try to find out what does the expression of the emotion mean? Because often we have got assumptions about the other person and we are misunderstanding or misinterpreting what the other person really feels. So be aware. Ask questions about it. Look and observe how the, the other person behaves. Describe the behavior. Um, don't just come up with assumptions without verifying them and um, talk about the emotions. What are they associated with? With what kind of ideas? With what kind of other emotions? What does it mean to feel stressed or happy or in love?
0: Yeah, that's a great piece of advice once again. I feel like a lot of us, um, it might be second nature to us. It might be just just kind of natural reflex Um, we tend to like make assumptions and go along with them for the longest time ever and we're on thinking this one thing while the other person has a completely different take and view on it and we have no idea because we don't bring it up or we don't talk about it Um, so that's really something to think about and it can be uncomfortable but it may very well be worth it Um, can you offer any other advice on how to balance the emotional demands of celebrating with extended families, possibly family members you might not even have met before and that you're meeting for the first time while maintaining a sense of like intimacy and connection, uh, within, the relationship because it can be really difficult like you know uh, it can be so taxing meeting all these new people um that are meant to have been really close to your partner and not knowing who these people are and then all the inside jokes you don't really know yet and then do they like me do they not and then you kind of just how do you maintain you know the connection with your partner amidst all of that Mm, That's a very good question because I believe the most important is that you and your partner are
1: really um, on the same page and that you support each other whilst you're visiting the family members of each other and stand in for the other and, you know, try to give the other uh, in the relationship the feeling that you are actually together and that this relationship is the most important um, within the family relationships. I think that is what I've seen over years, that when couples visit the the family of the other, um, often these bonds seem to be stronger than the couple relationship and that causes a lot of conflict. And people change when they go and visit their family because they go back into their maybe childhood relationships and um, relationships they've been in for so many years and they change in terms of their attitudes or their value sets or what they are saying, how they communicate. And I believe um, that is very important that the couple relationships stays in the focus and that you explain why you might behave differently in this new context. Um, Then I would say sometimes it's getting a little bit too much, especially for introverted individuals to be in you know, extended family settings. So take some time out, go for a walk, get some fresh air, um, take time out of the whole family um, to speak with your partner within only the couple relationship and let them explain to you what actually happens, why people behave like this in your family, what the internal family relationships are. Give them some explanations so that they can create some understanding and that often makes the couple relationship stronger if you can understand more of the background of the other.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's um, great insight into the situation. And finally, I just want to ask, what are some key takeaways you'd like to offer to us um, or to multiracial couples looking to make their Christmas celebrations more emotionally fulfilling and harmonious?
1: Yes. So before you go into your uh, Christmas celebrations, talk about Christmas, talk about your relationships, talk about what is important for you in terms of rituals, which kind of rituals would you keep for yourself as a couple of multicultural backgrounds? What are maybe even new rituals you would like to introduce that are just very specific for your intercultural relationships, something that you haven't done before? but you always wanted to do or you liked uh, from a different cultural background. Um, so I believe you have to create something new within a multicultural relationship, kind of third culture aspect that is just very specific to your relationship. And this is what I would uh, yeah, recommend doing, um, looking at Christmas, preparing for Christmas and be very open about what you like and what you do not like. Um, to sustain a good emotional base for the Christmas days.
0: So what is something that you do to kind of navigate through the emotional dimensions of multiracial love during Christmas? What is something that you practice? So usually before
1: Christmas, I take a day out if I can. Um, I take my partner out um, on an outing and we go somewhere and we just relax together. So this is a practice I do together with my partner, but I also take time out for myself. So every morning before I get up, um, I do a meditation just for 15 minutes for myself. I look at the day, I look at how I would like to develop myself and I take these kind of um, extraordinary days like Christmas, for example, to do that a little bit longer and reflect upon uh, myself and what I would really like um, to keep up with myself and my own emotions and um, to really focus on the positive and constructive emotions. This is what I usually do to have a kind of clear mind and um, a positive attitude towards the day and whatever comes along my day. That
0: sounds really, really nice. Actually, what are three good things about this practice?
1: I think that's very good because you are in a good space. You put yourself in a positive and constructed mind and that helps you to deal with actually any kind of situation that is coming along. Um, that is one good thing about it. And the second one is I feel I've got time for myself, um, just to look at my own identity, my own culture. Because days can be very hectic, especially around Christmas, buying gifts and so on. And everybody wants to do something and get ready for it. So I think that gives you the space just to be with yourself for 15 minutes and get ready for all of that um, interactions that are upcoming.
0: Yeah, I imagine it also probably helps you exercise a bit of patience and like help you keep that little... As long as you know you've had your alone time and you've had a little bit of time to reflect, you can probably have the 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 um the bandwidth or, or the space to to just breathe in and out instead of like bursting. Um, I imagine is what it'd be like. Um, so based on your experience, are there any other practices that you think would be good to combine with this practice? Yeah, you know, I mean. It
1: always depends a little bit on um, the relationship you're in and you've got. But um, what I often do, I work a lot with the unconscious mind. Um, I've learned this over years and I do a lot of active imagination. So you just sit down, you become quiet and you don't think about anything, but you've got maybe something that you would like to resolve or you are looking at a good solution for having a good Christmas time. And you just ask your unconscious mind to come up with a symbol or a vision or an a word or a smell. It can be anything that is related to your senses to give you some guidance or direction how to behave best within a situation. So working with the unconscious mind and based on Carl Gustav Jung, um, the psychologist, I do a lot of these kind of practices and I can really recommend to people to look into his practices and um, it's often used in therapy when we do family therapy, for example. And that really helps, I mean, to get information from your unconscious, which is usually wider and broader and always um, good for yourself.
0: That's a fantastic suggestion. I do love some sitting down alone during nothing time. It really does help to like Clear your mind a little bit and um, it gives you some proper rest. I feel like with the digital um, age, we have a lot of distractions. We tend to think of like scrolling through social media as not doing anything when really, depending on what you're following. I tend to follow a lot of like educational content and journalism and things like that. I'm still very much using my brain to absorb these things when I'm scrolling through social media. So I'm not really actually resting at all. And I might, I'm still as irritable after I've had my social media time because of all of this brain work. So sitting down and this started out like, Kind of as a joke by saying, like, I love my sitting down and doing nothing alone time. But it's true. You do need some sitting down alone and doing nothing time and just let your brain rest. Um, Thank you so much for sharing that with us, Claude. Now we're moving on to the open mic section. And this is your opportunity to talk about anything that you're passionate about. And it doesn't have to be related to the topic at all. So the floor is yours. Take it away.
1: <laughs> Thanks very much, Marie. What I'm passionate about, I'm very passionate about my kids. I've got three kids and um, they grew up very multiculturally. They are speaking uh, three languages and I'm really passionate about, you know, bringing up kids, seeing how uh, you can actually bring in different cultural and language aspects within uh, human beings and um, thereby connecting people of different cultures. So building up multicultural identity is one of the topic I really love to look at and how people actually can interact so much better when they speak different kind of languages, when they grew up really in multicultural settings and um, how they go about the world. And this is very different to how I grew up um, in the past uh, many years ago. And I I believe that the world to be a better place and especially um, looking at the world situation, I think it is always great to look at how people get along together well, how um, they can build up new cultural uh, aspects and create new cultures within their own identities and at the same time then um, making a new culture, being with other people. Um, constructing new rituals, um, creating cultures that are kind and, and friendly and that are spanning across cultural aspects. Actually, that is what I'm really passionate about and uh, what I'm working in, not only with my kids, but also, for example, in schools, holding talks about multicultural aspects. And I believe that is really, really important that more people are doing that.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that with us, Claude. I think what you're doing is amazing and we can really see your passion come through in what you're speaking about with multiracial love. And we really appreciate the time that you've spent you've spent with us. Um, for our listeners who don't know, it's like five AM uh where Claude is. So um it's amazing that she really came on here today at this at that ungodly hour. Uh we really appreciate it so much. Um, so if our listeners want to find out more about you and what you do where can they go
1: they can go to my website it's www.claudehmeyer.com and they can find out everything about myself or on LinkedIn
0: amazing we'll link that in the show notes thank you once again Claude for joining us and thank you everyone for tuning in have a lovely merry merry Christmas we'll see you during New Year's and that will be I think the next episode so we'll catch you then You've been listening to Veloscope, the Relationship Science Insights Podcast produced by LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. For more episodes like this, from 10 different life management perspectives, search LMSL on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts, so you can get updated on everything we have to offer. We have a wide range of topics readily available for you to check out. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider rating our show, sharing it and subscribing to our channel as it helps us grow and bring you more quality resources. More of our work can be found on our website at re.lmsl.net where you can join our movement. I'm Marie Stella. Thanks for tuning in.